How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Bucks presented by Brewhoop.com. Frank Madden, that's me. Eric Name, that's you. Yep, that's me. Uh, We took a one-day hiatus, um, uh, a a post-election decompression uh, uh, break yesterday. Um, And I I think some people were bugging us that uh, they really wanted to have a podcast today in the wake of the election to think about something else. But uh, uh, apologies, we uh, we were. I distracted. will say though that we thought about it the entire night. Like we yeah, we, we were back we forth. literally were texting each other, and then it just kept getting later and later, and we kept getting like <laughs> deeper into the election. And it was like, oh nope, we're not going to record anything tonight. Yeah, I just wanted to go to bed. Um, we are brought to you tonight by today. We're recording this tonight on Wednesday night uh, by our good friends at SeatGeek. Download that mobile app and use our promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S to get a $20 rebate after your first ticket purchase. You know the drill by now. Come on. Are you still holding out? We're, gonna, we're actually going to talk. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about, about Bucks tickets and attendance uh, uh, later on because we were talking about SeatGeek and how cheap tickets were. Very organically, actually, before we started. <laughs> it was organic. And, uh, it's actually a good, I think it's an interesting topic because we, we had a little bit of a discussion with some people on Twitter this week, and I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, the more pressing news, I guess, is Thursday, the Bucks return to the court. Hallelujah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I would have been happy with the game today. To oh, my God, start yes. Thinking about sport. It's, you know, it's kind of funny. People, you know, it, on the one hand, spending so much of my free time writing and talking about a sport and not just a sport, but a single team, team that has been mostly irrelevant. Sport. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, it, at some level, I think sit back and I think like, man, that's a lot of time devoted to one thing <laughs> that in the grand scheme of the universe. doesn't really matter. But <laughs> then you think about it. It's just like, man, it's so nice to have sports to think about rather than it's pretty awesome. Everything else. And like all the things that matter sometimes it's, it's kind of nice to have something that, you know, is, is just fun and, and whatever. And the bucks are, Four and three. The Pelicans uh, have not won a basketball game. They're in the same spot as uh, the last time we saw them uh, last week, which was the first game. I guess that was the yeah that was the first game of the uh, three game uh, the historic three game winning streak yeah. we saw last week from the Bucks, and uh, they won one seventeen one thirteen. Anthony Davis scored a ton of points, but. Uh, good for you, Anthony. Your teammates suck, and uh, the Bucks had <laughs> oh, enough. Oh, jeez, Frank! <laughs> hey, shout out to Tim Frazier on my fantasy team. Um, but uh, you know, it's kind. Of, I, I, I mean, on some level, the I mean, they're due. Obviously, they, they've they've had some respectable showings. They uh, they didn't get blown out on the road uh, by the. Uh, Warriors the other night, despite the fact that Steph Curry had 13 three-pointers an NBA record, and really they needed all of them. Um, yeah. So they've been okay. I mean, they've been o- as okay as uh, you know a team with with no wins can be, I guess. Um, 
so I don't know. I mean, are you? Are you I mean, it, it's a it's a golden opportunity again for the Bucks early in the season here to to get another game, take care of business, show that they're maturing as a team, and just kind of get another win and keep grinding those out, right? Yeah, it's kind of it is kind of brutal though that they go up against a Mavericks team that was struggling, hearing about how much they were struggling, and kind of desperately needed to put together a win, and now. It, the Pelicans are 0 8, which is, just seems insane with the numbers Anthony Davis is putting up. So again, you're you're hearing more and more. I think on PTI today they discussed when can Anthony Davis start asking for a trade, and that, that's I, I think the jump asked that question last week, and it, it people are talking about them, uh, and obviously not for a great reason. Uh, they're talking about Anthony Davis being awesome and the rest of the team be not so awesome so it, for the bucks it, it's kind of rough that they're gonna have another team that's gonna be that desperate for a win um so again like you said it's it's a pretty good test it's uh, you would think oh oh and a team that's a that's a gimme that's a game you should win but at the same time that's a team that's desperately gonna want to get one um and for the bucks that makes it a little bit more difficult so we will have to see what they can do at the BMO Harris Bradley Center tomorrow night. Yeah, and by the way, I, I, I've seen these random comments about whether the Pelicans should consider trading Anthony Davis, and it, it just like makes my head want to explode Ugh, because yeah. I, I mean Anthony Davis because I've heard it and sometimes he gets mentioned along with Demarcus Cousins as kind of like all these star big guys, you know, <laughs> that, you know they're not winning and you know get get them a new senior. First off, I mean Anthony Davis is not a head case like Demarcus Cousins. Correct. Like you don't worry about him combusting in the locker room the way you do with Demarcus. Anthony Davis is also signed through 2020, you know, like he's got three more years after this and then he's got uh, a player option or an ETO, whatever it is on, on the 2021 season. So the ur- there should be no urgency no. for the Pelicans to trade him. There should be urgency to not be terrible. But it, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like people people who say this are, are saying it as though like, you know, Dell Demps and company have some obligation to put Anthony Davis in a place where he can win a bunch of games. And it's like, no, they have an obligation to make sure New Orleans is the place where he wins a bunch of games. Yeah. And trading him for, you know, I mean, what would you even trade? I mean, you trade have trade him for, you know, if you like Boston, like Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, all of the Nets picks ever. And then you might get a player as good as as Anthony Davis. I, I don't know. I mean, especially with their injuries. I mean, Drew Holiday's been hurt. Um, I mean, they've made a lot of bad moves, obviously, when you look at, um, you know, especially the picks they've given away for guys like Ashik and, you know, I mean, they've obviously made a lot of bad moves, squandered a lot of value, but I, I'm, it's just like, I mean, See, I just have uh, no idea like what, what the logic is there. If you're like a Pelicans fan, if you're, if you are incentivized to see the Pelicans win basketball games and, you know, build to something in the future, you're going to trade a guy who you will never find again in the draft, no. likely in the next 20, 20, 20 years for your franchise. I mean, the odds of finding another guy like that are just so slow. They fascinate me, though, because they kind of went about team building a, a different way where it was, all right, we're going to try to get Anthony Davis a bunch of veterans really early in his career, and we're going to try to – and again, they targeted – possibly the wrong veterans because they got some some injury prone guys and some guys that might not have worked but it was different than all right we're gonna go young we're gonna build young guys that anthony davis can grow with it was like no we're gonna we're gonna bring in some not vet vets but older young guys and 
we're going to try to win some games early on and it didn't work out but it, it wasn't it, it was an interesting approach uh, and it, it just kind of shows that there's a million different ways that you can try to build a team and sometimes it'll work out sometimes it won't um but yeah they're they're fascinating um and i i just don't know how to how to feel about them because some of these moves they can get out of and eric gordon's gone and uh, i don't know they're kind of undoing some of those moves but at the same time signing some weird contracts to maybe guys that don't deserve them it's kind of a mess and yeah i I don't know it's interesting so they're going to come into the game ranked 28th in offense 14th in defense um they have the 10th fastest pace, which I'm happy to see. Uh, anything suggesting that a team will play fast uh, makes me happy against the Bucks because I, you know, I think we've discussed this. I think the Bucks aren't to the point where they can, you know, every night dictate uh, yeah. tempo, uh, especially against good teams. Obviously, the Pelicans are not a good team, but uh, they are a team that does try to play a little bit more up tempo, and uh, obviously that's the way the first game between these teams went. Obviously, the Bucks uh, had no problem scoring uh, defensively. Maybe it was a, a bit of a bit of an issue, um, but uh, we'll we'll see. And this is probably a good transition point into uh, our friends at SeatGeek. And I think by now you know the drill. So with SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket. You download the app. You use our promo code. You go to the settings tab, you enter L-O-B-U-C-K-S, you buy your first tickets and you get $20 um, after you've made it as a rebate. And, you know, <laughs> the, the the line with SeatGeek is that they always want to help you get the most bang for your buck. And, you know, you can look on their, their app or you go on the website. You can see these green areas in the stadium where they're going to have good deals. And they're everywhere is- at the Bradley Center. <laughs> It is absurd. It is absurd what passes for even a yellow deal at the Bradley <laughs> Center right now, because this is something we were talking about last week, and I feel like it happens every year where people complain about the Bucks tickets costing too much or whatever it is, um, and then you know I, I feel like it's it you know this obligation to be like you know tap on the microphone and be like. Um, okay, so if we use SeatGeek right now, I go to the SeatGeek page for the Pelicans game. <laughs> it's crazy. For, this is crazy. Off, first off, I mean, there's like tickets all over the upper deck for seven or eight bucks a piece, right? There are tickets in the lower bowl that are even with the baseline on the sideline. So kind of in the corner, you know, where you're not behind the basket, which I, yep. I never like to sit behind the basket. So, you know, if I was going to go and buy a ticket, I would you know, at least try to get lower, lower bowl. Cause I get a lot of people don't like to sit upstairs at the Bradley center. It's really steep, you know, whatever. I, we had these people were in the discussion on Twitter, you know, people were saying that if you're tall, the seats are bad, you know, I hear it, you know, I get it. Um, I'm a tall person. You, so I yeah, like, I, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you can get in the lower bowl for under 30 bucks. a ticket. <laughs> it's it's insane. Like absurd. And that was the case. I think when we looked, uh, maybe a week or two ago as well, um, Tickets are just really cheap. And honestly, like, you know, the SeatGeek deals are awesome. And there are even, like, really good deals just from, like, the Bucks regular website. Like, some of these deals where you get, like, food and stuff, like, two tickets, I think, and there's, like, and, like, a pizza slice of pizza or something for, like, 20 bucks or something like that. I mean, if your complaint is that your Bucks tickets are too expensive, you are lying for the reason why you're not going to the game. <laughs> like, you, you, you simply are. Like, there has to be some other reason that you don't want to go see the Bucks play basketball because it is not because it's too expensive. And then I hear, well, I got to pay this much for a beer and I got to pay this much for food and I got to pay this much for parking. And 
there's just so many lies piled on top like <laughs> you know, do you understand how much street parking is around the bradley center if you're willing to walk seven to eight blocks you can either park in a structure for around five bucks or you can probably find free street parking like that's a thing yeah. that can occur in milwaukee you can find free street parking so there's not an expense there and you know what there's a million bars and restaurants around the bradley center so if you want a cheaper beer have one or two before the game and you know what you could eat dinner at that restaurant before the game and then you know what you're not paying the prices that you're complaining about which as frank just mentioned are quite cheap if you get the right deals on the Bucks website. <laughs> like, yeah. You are literally lying to yourself, to whoever you are saying <laughs> that Bucks tickets are too expensive. That is a lie. <laughs> An outright lie. Well, I, and I think, I mean, I think there are a few things that go into this. I think first off, um, you know, the, the experience of staying at home and watching an HD feed uh, on your huge TV is a great experience now. Right. Yes, and so awesome. I don't blame, I don't blame people at all for, uh, saying, you know what, the hassle of going downtown, uh, it parking is harder now at bucks games, you know, because of the transition here mm-hmm. with the new arena and the parking structure, you know, it's not, they're not being as much parking for this year or two or whatever it is. Um, you know what, when, when I went uh, to the season opener and I met you and, and Jeremy from Boxcabal and Alex Boder and we met up at, at Goolsby's before the game, I parked in a garage right across from Goolsby's, which is like, you know, like a, a block or two blocks from the rally center and it was 15 bucks uh flat you know which yeah. i was surprised because there were other ones that were about 25 a piece uh that were slightly closer but i mean whatever right um so yeah i mean you can get down i mean in the grand scheme of sports i mean if you look at these metrics for comparing the cost oh. of going to a sporting event across the nba i mean it is absurd how cheap bucks games are i mean you can get i mean like you can get the section over from center court on SeatGeek for 43 bucks and that's you know? a yellow dot that is in, that's, an that's insane yellow, yellow dot. right exactly like, that's me, roquet roquet like behind the bench you know is 43 bucks each um which is just it's uh it's and like pretty when, crazy you, when you look at the view like that you can like seat geek shows you your view from your seat for 44 dollars, that is insane like there, there's not another place in the nba you can find a deal that good yeah and so i mean again we're it, it dovetailed nicely with our, our seeky ad tonight but I, I legitimately the bucks are a team that um you know we talk about you know a team that is trying to get better uh a team that we've seen signs of life from encouraging signs from young players who are uh, taking that next step Giannis, obviously i think has taken his huge Giannis side step this season um and i you know it's kind of those things like i i don't you can't tell people they have to go to games um but in the grand scheme of things i think the last time i checked the bucks were second to last in nba attendance and percentage base they are fourth last um behind the timberwolves pistons wizards and bucks yeah so it's it's just kind of one of those things that's like you know i mean it it, let's just say this it it, i get that people have a tortured history with the bucks uh it's been a long time since they were consistently good uh, I mean, arguably, in my lifetime as a Bucks fan, 25 years, there's only been one period where they've been really consistently good for you know more than uh, half a season. Um, but uh, by the same token, you know, I mean, you're listening to us. We're we're probably preaching to the choir uh, on our yeah. podcast. Um, but 
you know, I don't know. And I, I think it's it's just it's just I, it's a little frustrating because I, I just I just kind of wonder when people say that you know going to games is expensive. I mean, in the grand scheme of entertaining yourself in downtown Milwaukee, it is not expensive at all. You know, and, and I get I yeah. get it if you're going to go drinking for two hours after the game, and if you're going to go to a big dinner before, and you're going to you know buy eight beers at the game or something. Well, yeah, it's gonna that's gonna add up, but it's the game is is cheap right getting Correct. in there and being a part of it is cheap and um you don't have to be stuck in the nosebleeds to to um you know to get to get a good deal so and i uh, i was gonna say i guess anytime i bring it up it's never like a shaming thing like when like when i talked about it i'm trying to think i brought it up a couple times this year on twitter and like one was during the home opener i mentioned like oh it's not like it's not actually sold out and it's strange to see like the home opener not sold out in Milwaukee like that's a little bit disheartening and then it was well it's expensive and blah 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 and then like the other week I mentioned like oh it's been weird how few people have been at Bucks games and then it was again just in my mentions reasons why you're not coming so like i i'm not here to say you have to go to bucks games like obviously i'm someone that enjoys bucks games i you are the same and again if you're a part of our listening audience you're probably the same way but i i guess it's just frustrating to hear those things said and then on top of it while the players aren't any good and well that's just a lie like Giannis is the most unique talent maybe the NBA's ever seen have or, you guys or, seen Rashad Vaughn this year come on guys <laughs> or it'll be I'm like only, I'm only half kidding I'm only half kidding or it'll be like well they haven't had any good teams in yet and it's like well if you're coming in for a good team like so say tomorrow you're like oh I really want to see Anthony Davis if that's your reason for coming, Giannis plays there 41 times this season. Like yeah. that is as exciting. Um, so I, I I love watching the Bucks play against bad teams because I want to see them win. And I yeah. I mean, if I was a season ticket holder, um, I mean my my parents are still season ticket holders in Wisconsin. I mean I, I live in Austin, Texas, so obviously there's no point in me owning tickets. But um, but I come back and, and go with with my dad or and and sometimes my mom too. We'll get extra tickets and. Um, you know, they, they love going to games, you know, they've been season ticket holders for over 20 years. Uh, and you know, they, they'll often just sell the tickets to the really good games and then go to the, some of the lesser games, you know, yeah. but, um, Let's get but I think W's. it's also, it's just, Mad, yeah, but Mad it's also kind of, it's, it for the W's. Exactly. Exactly. We're, you know, whatever we're, we're we'll, we'll, uh, you know, play down a level. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it, it's, I don't know. It's just a little frustrating too. Cause it's also, I just don't I don't like the idea of Giannis and Jabari and these guys like showing up at games and then feeling like, you know what, this is a this is one of the worst fan bases in the league. And if you don't go to games, then you're one of the worst fan bases in the league. Right. Like every every fan, every you know, you always hear crab. Oh, we have great fans. You know, and to the credit of people in Wisconsin, you know, they're paying for part of this arena. I was very nervous about that. I thought a deal was going to get done, but you know, until it happened, I was concerned. Uh, so there's money going into it, um, but it is interesting that you know, in the Bradley Center, which obviously isn't the isn't the best venue, or that you wouldn't be building a new arena. Um, it's it's pretty sparse, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, as a Bucks fan, I, I I hope that people start getting more excited. And um, I think a lot of the people who complain, though, I think a lot of them they're not real. They're not like really the Bucks fans so much as 
non-NBA fans who just like to make up reasons to complain about the NBA, you know? Yeah. Um, players are lazy. Yeah, or, you know, I, all the I'd usual, agree. Like, There's some bullshit of that. Type, type. Anyway, um, let's let's leave that. Um, and we were talking about the Bucks start and impressions of that, and uh, you know, star players. And so, uh, I always listen. We've mentioned it a number of times in the podcast. Uh, the uh, Locked On NBA podcast that David Locke, Godfather of the Locked On Network, uh, does on a weekly basis. Uh, we've talked about his. Uh, his guest Kevin Pelton's a frequent guest. Um, John Schumann was there a yep. couple weeks ago. I think we mentioned that one. That was a really good one as well. Um, get into. I mean, they're you know David's a basketball guy. He's the play-by-play voice, uh, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Uh, but he's also a guy who likes analytics, and so it, it definitely is a is a, a great for you know regardless of kind of like what side of the game you like or how you like to think about it. It's I think it's a I was going to say an all ages podcast, if that makes sense. But, um, <laughs> you know, however you like your podcast, it's it's good. And they had this week, um, David, every few months or so uh, has on a, uh, an NBA coach um, who comes on anonymously and uh, and gives his impressions of things. And he also does this with a, an NBA scout. And the Bucks were one of the teams that they talked about this week. And David actually, before the season, David actually liked the Bucks more than a lot of other teams in the East. I think David had them uh, sneaking into the playoffs this year, even after the Chris Middleton injury, which I hope David's right. Um, and obviously, so far, they've <laughs> looked pretty good. And we'll play you the clip. I think it's like a few minutes long um, between the coach and David. We'll tee that up, let you listen to that. Um, listen to the whole podcast. Obviously, we'll have a link to that as well. Uh, but let you listen to that. And um, they're talking about the Bucks start as well as, uh, you know, what they've seen. And there's some stuff about Jabari Parker, which we thought uh, got us thinking a little bit. And, and we'll, we'll let it roll and then we'll come back and talk to it. So here it is. Let's start with the Eastern Conference surprise team, which I, I think with the injury to Chris Middleton, it's fair to say that the Milwaukee Bucks have have been a bit of a surprise. I do, I will admit, when I ran my numbers on them this year and the pack stuff before the season, even without Middleton, they came out to be a playoff team, and I just didn't believe it. Uh, probably a bad loss for them in overtime last night to, to Dallas, but they're 4-3. and three. What have you seen out of Milwaukee and where, and where they're coming from? Um, you know, they're an interesting team. I've actually, I'm kind of with you on it. I started, I'm watching a little bit in the preseason, and then, um, you know, like I said, man, you know what? They kind of got something going on here. And uh, um, so I've kind of followed them a little bit. I, they did have a bad loss last night in Dallas. It was a back-to-back. Um, you know, that happens. And Dallas was at home and uh, hadn't won a game. So it was a little bit of a you know, hard game for them. But, um, you know, the, the way they you know, they, they added uh, Toledovitz shooting, you know, obviously the Chris Middleton thing, I agree. When he went down, I was thinking <laughs> that they're in big trouble. Um, you know, they're playing uh, Giannis at um, basically point forward. Um, you know, and they added the, the um, oh, crap, I'm drawing a blank right now, the Aussie point guard. Del Vidova. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, Deli. Um, so Deli, obviously, he's, play, he, he's playing great, and he can shoot. People don't realize that, you know, two years ago he shot 40% from the three-point line, so he helps them in the shooting. Um, but he's really playing well as almost like the second point guard. I know he's listed as a point guard, but Giannis is, is handling the ball, you know, mostly in transition and even entering offenses, and then, he kind of comes and gets it, and then you know ends up kind of being a secondary facilitator. So, um, and and then just defensively, they have been super aggressive and super active. I, um, I just their, their bigs are up and active, and they they've really, you know, early on, especially when offensive teams are struggling to find their way, they've done a nice job of impacting the ball and kind of keeping teams off base. So, 
for them, it's going to come down if they can make shots um, at the end of the day. If, it, if, if this will, if this can sustain, um, they'll, they'll have to make some shots. And uh, um, you know, so far they've, they've done that enough. But they're an interesting team to watch. I mean, I think a lot of people wrote, wrote them off, and um, they, they, they've got a, a neat little group there. What do you, what are your thoughts on Jabari Parker? Uh, I think he has a chance to be a superstar. Um, you know, obviously he got off the slow start with the, the knee injury and, you know, it, last year when he came back, he, he, you know, first time we were around him and early in the season, he looked very, uh, average at pedestrian and late in the year, he really came on and he hasn't missed a beat so far this year. He, he has a chance to be special and it goes back to a little bit of the, you know, he's big enough and thick enough. He, he, he plays a little bit like Draymond Green, doesn't play defense that way, but you know, they're playing him at four a lot. Uh, he can play three. Um, and but he's big and strong, and he can shoot and pass and play. Uh, he's you know it, other than the fact that being in Milwaukee, you know, and I don't know how much they'll be on national TV, but it, when, when he gets some exposure, people are really going to kind of jump on him and see that he's really blossomed into what people thought he would be when he came out of college. So he's eighteen point six rebounds, two assists. You, you see that going? That's totally legitimate. That's going up. You think he's got another another level here? What's your thought? I, I think I think he goes up. I really do. Some of the things he's done with the ball and in situations, and I mean, he he just he looks like a durable, rugged, solid NBA superstar in the making. Um, just the way you know he can play some three. He obviously he's playing a lot of four. He's a matchup problem both ways because he's so big, you know, with, with with a three, but yet he's big enough as a four to be mobile and can shoot and pass. Um, so he he's he's a challenge. It's going to be fun to kind of watch him, but I I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up. Um, you know, being a 24, 25-point game scorer and um, really helping that team. Wow. And they've even – Greg Monroe's box scores look decent. Is he not killing them like the way he was last year? Let me just say what Greg Monroe's defense and, and rebounding and going is, is – he's uh, – I mean, I've, I've never been a huge fan. He's a good player. But he's taking – early on so far, he's taking another step. You should go back and watch some of his defense and the pick and rolls and, and, and ways going after balls and attacking the ball. Um He's, he's been a big key for him. Interesting. So, all right. So the idea that that actually might be one of the eight best teams in the West is not in the East is not crazy. Uh, early returns. I think it's going to come down if they can you know, figure out how to shoot the ball. But the way they're playing defensively right now and playing hard, uh, I would I would not be shocked at all if they're not in the playoffs. All right, Eric. Name Jabari Parker, potential superstar. How do you feel about that comment? So. Let me tell you about how I went through this. I, I saw the podcast with a coach. Yeah. I saw in the title there was something about potential superstar, and then I saw one of the. the it also said something like six nine point guard, like reminds you or something of like correct. six nine point there, guard. There was right? there were some things in there that made me think. All right, Giannis. We're talking about Giannis. Like there there was a hashtag Bucks, and all I could think was like, all right, this is. This is, we're about to talk about Giannis, which makes sense. Like, I just wrote a thing about how Giannis is a star at ESPN Milwaukee. And in my mind, I was like, this is obviously going to be about Giannis. And then they talked about Jabari. And I was confused. Um, I, I know Mitchell wrote the thing about what Jabari can do to become a superstar and get on the same star path as, uh, as Giannis is on right now. And it's just been interesting to hear. I think a lot of times when people talk about the Bucks, it's talking about can Jabari be a star and is he going to get 
is he going to get good enough to do this or is he going to get good enough to score 20 points and there's a bunch of people that'll say oh yeah he's definitely a star and one i react to it as saying why didn't we go through this period with Giannis? like are we saying Giannis is not a star or are we just accepting him as a star and moving on to jabari and trying to figure out if he's a star and then two uh, I don't know if Trevorrow is going to be a star. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I guess in in fairness to the the podcast, um, you know, they they were talking a bit about Giannis and and you know Giannis and working with Delhi and all that. Uh, and the the coach didn't use the the term superstar until David specifically asked him about Jabari, who um, really hadn't been mentioned up until that point. But it was solicited, it, sure. Yeah, but it's always interesting to me because, and it's not so much about maybe that opinion, because um, honestly, like if you know a coach who is working in the NBA and uh, has an informed view of this stuff, if he sees a potential superstar in Jabari, that makes me feel good. I'm happy mm-hmm. about that, right? Same. Um, but it is interesting because it, I think for us, it made us think of. Um, you know, conversations we see from time to time. I feel like I hear it, especially on the radio um, with maybe people who I mean, local people, but people who are not maybe as hardcore Bucks fans as us, maybe people who I would not describe as as maybe as uh, smart about basketball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that can't that, that sounds kind of annoying, obnoxious, but um, I, I, it's funny because I've, I've, I've this is something I've thought about a fair bit. And you occasionally see it where people will allude to the idea of Jabari being this potential superstar, and and this idea of sometimes of Jabari being having like more upside than Giannis, like the superstar, like of the yeah, box. yeah, yeah. And it it it's like I feel like I'm watching a different sport than <laughs> than those people because I I mean I I, I like Jabari. I I see great potential in his. He has a, like an instinctive offensive ability that is yes. crazy and um i think the fact that he has kind of like a game that that models sort of this like you know explosive athleticism with kind of like old school um i don't know fundamentals i guess you could say but you know kind of like he has all these little like um footworks and and you know he does stuff with step backs the moves like he that. makes he's yeah, he's the, like he's got that he's like the classic scores archetype kind of yeah exactly and i think people kind of fall in love with that a bit and but and i mean to the i think it's valid to look at that and say like, well he has the ability to score a ton of points in the nba where a lot of guys just, just they're just will never be talented enough um but and and on the flip side i think Giannis because he's he's so different than a lot of what people were used to seeing and the his footwork is and it is some of his improvisations are just different um i feel like that on some level that maybe works against him like people have to almost get used to it a little bit um so while there is this fascination with his athleticism and the plays he can make obviously it's not like people are overlooking his highlight real stuff or anything yeah. like that but i think sometimes like especially old school fans maybe sometimes don't see it or they think oh well he he's never going to be able to shoot so you know well, he's never going to score 30 a game or 25 <laughs> a game so therefore he he's not as super starry but i mean good god everything else that Giannis does <laughs> especially compared to Jabari i mean i mean if Jabari averages 30 points a game next year and Giannis is averaging his current stat line do you really think that Jabari Parker is a more valuable nba player at that point than Giannis who basically hasn't improved at all no uh i i mean i just think it it's seen again and it's 
obviously the way you're viewing Bucks basketball, maybe the way you're viewing NBA basketball as a whole, how often you're viewing that basketball as a whole. But yeah, it, it seems it seems obvious to me that it's it's not particularly close. Like the ways Giannis can impact a game seem much more uh, prevalent and obvious than the ways that Jabari Parker can impact an NBA game. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, like you said, I think there is some of that classic scorers archetype in people's mind. Like it's the, like the platonic ideal of the score is a guy that can dunk, get to the rim and shoot step back jumpers and look good doing it. And that's Jabari Parker. Like it, it definitely is but and Giannis is obviously something no one's really ever seen before so I do get that to an extent but it's it's just it's just strange to hear so often and uh, like you said I do wonder (laughs) am I watching the same game as some of these other people yeah and I think the I mean I think Jabari still has you know more room to grow in a lot of ways than Giannis because you know, again, he was behind. Obviously, he's he's a year behind him in terms of draft class. Um, they're the same age, basically. But Jabari's a year behind in draft class. Then you've got the knee injury, and and so obviously Jabari's, you know, I think still has some of that learning curve left that that maybe Giannis has moved past. Not that Giannis isn't going to continue to get better. Um, and you know, Giannis, I mean, both of them obviously could cut out a lot by becoming more consistent from the perimeter. Um, but certainly in terms of impact right now, I mean, you know, the Bucks with Jabari on the bench are are plus six point eight. Um, sorry, plus 7.1 points per 100. With him on the court, they're they're actually minus one points per 100. So, um, you know, like right now, you know, Jabari isn't, you know, and, and again, that's an imperfect metric, but we, it's something we've talked about in the past too. Jabari still has to become, you know, and it kind of sounds like a cliche, but a winning basketball player, somebody who actually is helping you win more basketball games. Um, the more he can be a stretch guy from the outside, the more he can be not asleep defensively. Obviously, those are, are huge things. You know, rebounding, those are really important. And Giannis is already, you know, other than stretching the floor, which isn't as important because he's got the ball in his hands, right? It's not yeah. like he's defenses can't collapse off you that much when when you're handling the ball. They can go under screens and things like that. But um, but obviously, with his size and as athleticism, there's you know, it's kind of only so much you can do. And that's why we bring it up again. Without Giannis on the court, minus 15 points per 100. With Giannis on the court, Bucks are plus nine points per 100. So a massive uh, effect when when Giannis is on the court. And obviously Giannis and Jabari are, you know, positionally somewhat interchangeable. They obviously play very different styles. They have different roles when they're on the court in terms of ball handling. Um, but it's not like you know we're talking about a center who has no backup versus uh, a point guard who's got great backups and therefore the plus minus, you know, on off stuff is all thrown out of whack. So, um, so anyway, I think it's an interesting thing. I hope I would love it. Um, I'm sure you would as well. If, if Jabari rose to Giannis's level as a, as a star, um, as, as you wrote that Giannis has now basically arrived at, hopefully Giannis can, um, become that super duper star. Um, he's knocking at the door to quote myself. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see. Um, but anyway, next game, Thursday night, tickets are super cheap. Uh, and, and everything if you want to go see the bucks, you can watch it on television. It's great. You can go to the game. You can pay no money and go to the upper deck. You can pay a little bit of money and go see it from the lower bowl. Uh, you can use SeatGeek. You can get $20 off your first purchase if you've never bought one. 
So basically, you're going to pay no money. If you if you use our Seeky oh, wow, promo yeah. code, LO yeah. Bucks, you're going to pay no money. Okay, you're going to have money to go spend on on beer and, and whatever <laughs> else uh, at the game. So uh, do check it out if you have any interest in Bucks basketball. Seeing Anthony Davis tomorrow, obviously, or, or tonight, since we're going to run this on Thursday, is also pretty damn cool. So we'll be back. Uh, let's, let's talk after the game, Mayor. How about that, Eric? Sounds good to me. Okay. Take care, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow.